Hello, this is Kelly Coffey, CEO of City National Bank. I hope you and all of your families are healthy and safe. I know we're all looking forward to our world returning to normalcy, but right now, even though we're still socially distant from one another, that doesn't mean we can't connect and inspire each other to do great things. We're back today for another special edition of our podcast, and I'm excited for you to hear from another brave and impactful leader. Charlotte St. Martin is one of the most influential and highest regarded leaders on Broadway. As president of the Broadway League, Charlotte is looked up to by so many members of Broadway family, and her leadership during these incredibly difficult times is inspiring. In our conversation, we'll talk about the importance of Broadway and what role it's played for the economy and the arts before the impact that COVID-19 has had. We'll then discuss the many long hours she's putting in now to engage with city, state, federal governments, league members, and many other constituents to reopen Broadway in a safe, healthy, and financially viable manner. The magnitude of her work is truly incredible. I'm excited to welcome our special guest, Charlotte St. Martin. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us today. It is my pleasure, Kelly. We love working with CNB and being with you and, and being able to talk about something we both love. And I've got to say, I mean, a lot of people reached out early, but you and your team were the first to reach out. So thank you. Let's dive in, Charlie. You joined the Broadway League as its president in 2006. And for those listeners who are unfamiliar with the League, tell us what the Broadway League's mission is and how it supports the Broadway theater community. Certainly. Uh, We are a trade association, very much like the American Bankers Association or the American Medical Association. And our members are the producers, the theater owners, the people who present Broadway in the 242 cities where there is a Broadway series, and the people who actually run the show, the general managers. And we represent all of the things that a trade association does. We do the research. We do the branding. We do all of the government relations at the city, state, and federal level, not only for New York, but we work with our members around the country. We do conferences. We were actually formed to negotiate all of the labor contracts for Broadway, and that means 17 labor contracts with 14 unions. So our mission is to keep commercial theater viable in New York City, and around the country. And I want to start by talking how impactful Broadway is to our lives. I know as a New Yorker, even though I'm sitting in LA right now, Broadway has been incredibly impactful to me and to my family. But generally speaking, when you think about the impact Broadway has on the theater community and the arts, talk a little bit about that. Well, around the world, Broadway is looked at as the epitome of theater. I know my friends and colleagues at the West End in London would say that we both are, and I would agree that they are as well. But it's almost like we are the good housekeeping seal of approval. If you can open your show and, oh my goodness, win some awards being on Broadway, you have achieved the top level of your industry. So that's what we mean to theater. And we certainly cooperate with and work with the theaters around the country. As I've said, our members are everywhere and many of them are performing art centers. So we work with them on all of their efforts and hopefully add to them. Incredible. As as they say, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. But um, I I think, you know, everybody thinks about New York when they think about Broadway, but, but talk a little bit about the overall scale that Broadway reaches. How many people does Broadway employ? theater goers that it, that see it on an annual basis, a lot of tourists that see shows? Well, a fun fact, and since you're a New Yorker, you'll appreciate it. 
there are more people that see a Broadway show on an annual basis than all of the 10 professional sports teams that are in the New York area. Wow. In our last full season, we had 14.8 million theater goers in New York. And for those 10 teams, there were a little bit over 10 million attendees to basketball, baseball, football, etc. And then you add to that the 17 million theater goers around the country that see a Broadway show when it's in one of those 242 cities and over 30 million people see Broadway every year. So that has a real impact, not only on New York City, but around the country. And let's talk about that because as president of the Broadway League, one of your tasks is to continue to drive revenue and grow the industry. So what kind of financial impact does Broadway have on the economy? Well, certainly in New York, it's huge. Broadway is the number one reason that people who are traveling for pleasure come to New York. As I said, we do the research and we have empirical data that says that 80% of the people that come actually come to see a Broadway show as their first reason for coming or their second. So that is a significant contribution. What it means to New York City is almost $15 billion dollars on an annual basis of economic impact to our city. We employ or are responsible for 97,000 jobs in New York, and we pay over a billion dollars in local taxes. So we do have an economic impact that is critical to New York City. Significant economic impact. So switching gears, let's talk about the situation we're in now, uh, as we all come together by maintaining distance to fight against coronavirus. How is the Broadway community staying connected and how can Broadway fans around the world stay connected this time and share our passion for theater while all the venues are closed? Yes, and we will be the last phase of opening. We're phase four in New York, but around the country, it'll be the last phase because Broadway cannot be socially distanced. Even if you could find a way to make it work financially, the audience cannot be socially distanced because the financial model doesn't work. But think about socially distancing the cast and crew. It's just not possible. And people want to experience the best that we have to offer. So they don't want to see a love scene with people hugging from a distance. They just, it can't be done. So it's why we'll be the last in. We were the first out and the last will be the last stand. I can't wait till that time when we can all get back together. So the other thing that's been going on in our country that I thought it'd be good to get your perspective on is in addition to coping with coronavirus, we're also focused on what's been going on for a very long time, but it got increasing focus now on racial inequality, social injustice. Is there a role that you see Broadway playing in this conversation? Well, I think we have a very important role And I think we've had one, but I think we have to accept more responsibility and step up to the plate even more. But Broadway is made up of storytellers. And just this year, we've had four very impactful plays about racial inequality and the impact it has. And we should have more. I mean, we've done a great job as an industry in hiring people of color for our stages. But backstage, cast, crew, we haven't done as good of a job. And my first day on the job, I literally was told by James Niederlander, you know, Charlotte, one of the hardest experiences you're going to have is 
hiring people because nobody ever leaves Broadway. They have to die. And there's some truth to that. People don't leave. Broadway is a passion. So I think we haven't worked hard enough to ensure that backstage and our offices were as representative of the community that we should be. I know the league has 19 diversity programs. About half of them are workforce development, and we have some real success stories there. And the other half are audience development. My pet program is to have every New York City high school student see a Broadway show before they graduate. And we were just into our third year, and we've had 46,000 see it so far. But to get to the goal, it'll be 70,000 kids a year. That will introduce more kids and people of color to careers on Broadway, to the joys of seeing a Broadway show. And we've got a lot of that, but we need more of it. And we need to work with all of the organizations, not only in New York City, but around the country to ensure that we keep telling those stories and that we make our offices and backstage look like the country looks. I think that's incredible. And I think what's really special when you talk about it, you know, having every high school child in New York City see that it's it's an incredible commitment to educational training opportunities that will give them access, but also let them imagine and, and help inspire that next generation of artists. So I hope you can keep that going because it's so important for the industry. Thank you. So I want to talk about the future of Broadway a little bit now. And in a recent interview, you mentioned that you're working really hard to bring the lights back on Broadway and are hopeful that that could happen by January 2021. I know we don't have a crystal ball. I wish we did. But at this point, can you tell us what that might look like? What what are you thinking about in terms of new safety protocols that you'd have to put in place to get everybody to be able to come back to the theater? Because it's hard, as you mentioned. Yes. Well, we have 40 task forces at the league working on various aspects of getting us back. Seven of those are about the protocols in the theaters and on the road when the the shows tour. The governor of New York was so terrific and put us together with the finest medical and scientific minds in New York State. And they are working with our theater owners to help us come up with the latest, greatest protocols. For example, when we started looking, there was a lot of thought about the virus and how long it stayed on contact, things like desks and chairs and And the information about that has totally changed. So, of course, we've had to change. I mean, I think we would be remiss in saying there probably won't be a lot more contactless things going on in the theater, whether it's contactless tickets, you know, restrooms, faucets, toilets, uh, how we serve drinks, how we give the playbills, or if there is even a hand copy of a playbill. I hope there is. It's certainly something I've saved all my life. But what do we do with the HVAC system? That's one of the things right now that there's differences of opinion about what we need to do. So we'll do all of that. I think it's unquestionable that we will see people in masks. Some are saying for a year and some are saying for two to three years uh, until we get the protocols that have stopped the virus from spreading in any form of mass gatherings. But we will be doing whatever the scientists and doctors tell us we need to do because we have made one significant commitment, and that is that we won't be back until we believe the cast, crew, and audience will be safe. 
And right now we think that January is reasonable. It may be a bit later. We would be opening during the height of what is normally flu season. So it depends on what we learn between then and now. But that's our goal. You talked about being in phase four. Could you see some of the shows opening outside of New York before New York, do you think? Is that something that could happen? I do see that as a possibility. As a matter of fact, we're talking about that very thing because there are some states like Arizona where they've had very few cases. And so we are working on a different schedule for touring Broadway. And we're hoping late in the fourth quarter that you'll begin to see Broadway shows in key cities where the virus seems to have been completely obliterated. But that will also depend upon what's happening at the time. We know that some of those states that had no cases now have cases because they didn't behave well and uh, it's showing up. So that's what our hope is. You know, Broadway, I learned to love Broadway at the Dallas Summer Musicals. And almost everybody, unless you grew up in New York, as you did, learned to love theater through their theater in their own hometown. And so we want to get that love back up and going as soon as we possibly can. I'm, I'm with you there. And, you know, that's quite a lot to navigate as I think about you leading as president and all that you have to get through in so many different areas. How are you collaborating and using city, state, federal government to help you figure this all out? How much time are you spending with them? Well, certainly we have four committees that are working on that full time. I'm probably spending a good 20% of my time on it, but we have lobbyists in Albany and we have lobbyists in in Washington, D.C. that are representing our needs and our industry. But what's really great is we've got a legislative council, which is made up of our members in the key cities around the country who are also talking to their city officials, their state officials, and even their federally elected officials from their state. So we're educating the elected officials around the country on the importance of live theater and entertainment to their communities. I mean, most of our presenters from around the country run performing arts centers that are generally in the downtown area, and they're the jobs creator for the downtown area. The restaurant workers, the other attractions, not to mention the theater itself, they're there and they're driving the energy to keep all of those people employed. So these are things that a lot of our elected officials didn't know about and are beginning to learn it. I was on a call last week with NYC and Company, our Commission of Visitors Bureau, and one of the two people who were working on New York's comeback was on the call because we're talking about how we're going to bring New York back. And the head of the hotel association said, well, Steve, until Broadway's back, we're not back because that's who's filling our hotels. And he was gently surprised, but said, I guess we need to help get Broadway back even faster. So uh, it, it's been good from that perspective. That's certainly true. It is so important for New York City. But but I, I agree with you. But a lot of cities, it's something that really does spark that love. So as we close today, I wanted to finish with one positive thought. At some point, we'll be back in theaters. And although, as you talked about, the experience might be different than what we're used to, in the true Broadway spirit, the show must go on. So once we power through this difficult time, Charlotte, what are you most looking forward to when Broadway returns? Well, I love all my children, which are the shows. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't have a favorite, but at least I don't tell it. But I am looking forward to The Music Man with Hugh Jackman. I feel like it so epitomizes what Broadway is. And, you know, we know he will be back. And I want the theater to be full. And I want to laugh and cry and applaud and have all those emotions that separate live theater and Broadway from all other forms of entertainment. It's the shared experience, the two hours of escape and joy and sometimes tears that you feel. That's what I look forward to. I'm with you. First of all, that'll be an incredible show. And he's always amazing in his shows. And there's nothing like sitting in live theater, especially when you just see the talent on the stage. You can't believe in New York, having been in New York City and just on a Saturday saying, hey, we're going to go to the show today. And you just sit down. You say, I can't believe I can go down the street and have all this in front of me in an incredible way. It's such a such an orchestration of so many people to go into it. So I can't wait till it's back. Charlotte, thank you so much. I know you're very busy for being with us today and talking a little bit about how you're leading the way back. And thank you, everybody, for listening today. And hopefully everybody will stay safe and healthy and we'll talk to you all again soon. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you for your leadership in this area in arts and entertainment around our country. And we love that you are a proud sponsor of the Tony Awards, which we co-produce, and that you support theater in our community so strongly. We love having you as a partner because you do have the same kind of love for this business that we do. We definitely do. I can't wait till we're back at the Tony Awards celebrating all the incredible talent. And I should say on behalf of all of my city national colleagues who are truly passionate about theater, anything we can do to help Broadway get back on, let us know because we're really can't wait. You got it. Thank you. And thank you all for joining and we'll speak again soon. Thank you for listening to our conversation with Charlotte St. Martin, president of the Broadway League and Kelly Coffey, CEO of City National Bank. For more information on the Broadway League, visit broadwayleague.com. To learn more about City National Bank, please visit cnb.com.